Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Can the government restrict how many people attend church? Well, the voters are gonna decide this on a ballot issue in Texas. We interviewed Bob Yandy and a pastor out of Tulsa who has an important book, Theology Simplified. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. Are you ready to pray the news with us? Here's our first story. The voters are going to decide on a ballot issue this November. Can the government actually limit church attendance and how many people go to church? Christian Post reports that a proposed constitutional amendment that would restrict the government's ability not restrict the churches, but give freedom to the churches, right? But stop the government from placing restrictions on worship services. That question is going to appear on a ballot before Texas voters this election day to put into the Texas Constitution. Texans are set to weigh in on several constitutional amendments in the state's upcoming general election, which is scheduled for November 2nd. One proposed constitutional amendment to the state of Texas Constitution is called Proposition 3, which would, quote, prohibit the state or a political subdivision of the state from prohibiting or limiting religious services or religious organizations, end quote. In a statement, Jonathan Covey, Director of Policy for the Conservative Advocacy Organization, Texas Values, urged Texans to support the measure. He said, quote, Proposition three is crucial and needs to pass to prevent future religious services and organizations from being shut down. While bike shops and grocery stores are still open, churches, places of worship and religious organizations must be protected, end quote. He also said, Proposition 3 will safeguard religious freedoms with the highest protection offered by Texas law, end quote. Proposition 3 now comes more than a year and a half after the coronavirus pandemic first broke out in the United States. The beginning of that pandemic was accompanied by strict lockdowns implemented to stop the spread of the disease that in many cases restricted the ability of churches and houses of worship to meet in person while placing lighter constraints on comparable secular businesses. The worship restrictions resulted in many court challenges and even the United States Supreme Court weighed in. For example, in the case of Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn, New York versus Andrew Cuomo, then governor of New York, that even in a pandemic, the constitution cannot be just put away and forgotten. The majority opinion in that Supreme Court case concluded that restrictions barring many from attending religious services strike at the very heart of the First Amendment's guarantee of religious liberty. 
Texas values, now trying to put that on the ballot in Texas, that organization elaborated on the rationale behind Proposition 3 in a one-page summary. Here's another argument, it says, quote, in one Texas town, police officers circled a church parking lot while parishioners were having outdoor services. In two other cities, worshipers had to pursue legal action against the city government for unfair closure and treatment of churches during the pandemic, end quote. And that's the news, or thanks to Christian Post for that report. Uh, let's take a moment and discern the spirits, right? Let's say you're a Texas police officer, right? And you're trying to, trying to serve the community, promote safety, I get it. There's arguments about what you should do during a pandemic. Should you really be going into a church parking lot and banning their freedom of assembly? No, because every officer that I know has sworn to defend the Constitution. And now maybe the Texas Constitution will be strengthened. We discern upon all those fighting for freedom, including those sheriffs out there who were doing the right thing by churches, the Spirit of God is leading you toward freedom. There is a time for separation. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, therefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Of course, he's talking about holiness, but there's also a time for personal safety where we should uh, if we personally get sick, make sure and keep yourselves away from others so that they can be healthy. Let's pray about this, would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we pray in Jesus' name for not just uh, an end to the COVID virus, but we pray for freedom and liberty, especially among church attenders, not just in Texas, but in all 50 states and around the world. Let Christians assemble in worship. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Bob Yandian has an important book on Theology Simplified. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry and the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray in Jesus' Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support and you can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PRAYNEWS and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm gonna put them right back into this into your amazing charity and show. 15 years ago, I invented my pillow. It took me two years to develop because I wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow. I made sure that you could adjust my patent and fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last, so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. I back my pillow with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow, and to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. I used to think that sheets were just sheets. I got the Giza Dream sheets. They are the most comfortable sheets I've ever had. The MyPillow topper for the first time has enabled me to have a cool night's sleep. I'm able to go to bed and just get rest. That's three inches of wonderful that's in the MyPillow mattress topper. It's just like a firm cloud. MyPillow helps me get a good night's sleep. 
so I can do my job in the morning. Go to MyPillow.com to get deep discounts, not just on my pillows, but so much more. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98. Or MyPillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined in studio by returning guest, Pastor Bob Yandian, who pastors Home Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastor, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's good I to want to jump right into this new book that you published called Theology Simplified, The Eight Foundational Truths of Your Glorious Redemption. Uh-huh. And there's eight words here. We're going we're gonna to cover some of them. Mm-hmm. Predestination, reconciliation, sanctification, glorification, justification, redemption, propitiation, and election. Yes. All these words end in shun. They, they do, so the eight shuns. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, uh, I, as far as a pastor's concerned, I'll, my, th- my favorite thing to do is take complicated things and make them simple. Jesus, if he ever saw he was over somebody's head, would throw a parable down. A woman puts uh, you know, yeast in a, in a loaf of bread. She'd go, I understand that. And he'd talk about fishermen. they said, well, I understand that. He'd th- talk about throwing seed in the ground. Well, farmers would understand that. He was always trying to simplify it. And so we often would leave church, I would with my friends and say, did you understand that? No, it sure was deep. Deep meant we don't understand a word that came out of that guy's mouth. <laughs> and so explanation was needed. Uh, to me, one of the favorite words I have in here is redemption. Redemption, let me just define it. It means to buy from a slave market. We were sold into the slave market through Adam. Adam was free and his wife was free and they both voluntarily walked into the slave market and the door was closed behind them. Every child in that slave market born of a slave is a slave. You're born a slave. You don't become a slave, you're born a slave because children of the slaves are slaves. You can only open the door from the outside. Satan thought he had them. They walked in, nobody was on the outside. Nobody could ever open up the door, but God told him when he was talking to him, it's gonna come through the seed of the woman. He was referring to the virgin birth. Adam and Eve were created outside the slave market, walked in, Jesus was born outside the slave market through through the virgin birth. So if you're in the slave market, everybody's, trying, everybody's jockeying for position in the slave market. I'm a king, I'm a rich man, I've got all these things, but you can't buy your way out of the slave market because it takes a different type of currency to get you out, the blood of Jesus. Wow. In there, we have people trying, I'll be good. You can't be a good slave and get out. I'll be better than the guy next to me. Well, you can be, but if you work 10 times harder than the guy next to you, why would your boss want you gone? So you can't buy your way out of it. You can't, you can't get out of it by good works. And then if you can't free yourself, you can't free someone else. Because inside that slave market is Buddha. He was born a slave. Mohammed was born a slave. Joseph Smith was born a slave. Slaves can't free slaves. That's the blind leading the blind. Yeah. It takes somebody on the outside. So Jesus went to the cross, died for our sins, and threw open the door. And the message of salvation is just walk out. It's done. Yeah, but I was a, I was a prostitute. He died for that. I sold drugs. He, he died for that. The one sin he didn't die for is rejection of himself. If you will do that, you can walk right out the door. And the stupidest thing you can do is sit in a jail cell when all the doors are open all the way to the street. Just get up and walk out. So if you accept Jesus, then he redeems you and pulls you out of slavery into freedom. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's talk about sanctification. Sanctification, the word means to... <coughs> Sanctification, the word means, well, you just lost me. I just, can, can Do we, you want some water? Hold on. No, no, I just, 
the, the, the definition just went right out the window the moment you said <clears throat> sanctification. Well, let, okay. me, let me ask it a different way. Okay. So that's redemption. Now, some people uh, say there's a difference between getting saved or justification mm-hmm. and becoming holy, which yeah. is sanctification. Sanctification means the moment you got saved before God, you were holy, but there's a holiness before the world. It's actually taking what's on the inside of you, and as it says in Philippians, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I need to take what's in here and put it out here. Where God sees my heart, man sees the outward appearance. Where God sees my faith, people have to see my works, and that's why I'm saved unto good works. The more I can do to bless people, it helps to open the door to give them eternal life. So justification or redemption is when we get saved. Sanctification is a lifetime work of becoming holy, Mm -hmm. right? Where we we work out our salvation in fear and trembling Mm -hmm. and we repent of sins as we become aware of them. Then there's glorification, which might happen after we die. Yes, glorification is a resurrection body. And glorification means the outward person. So it's sown a natural body, but it's raised a spiritual body. It's sown in corruption, it's raised in power. So the good news is I not only have this life to look forward to, but actually the work of redemption goes right on into eternity. I'll have a resurrection body just like Jesus. And is reconciliation related to that? What, is, what are we reconciled into? The word reconciliation means to make peace between two warring parties. And when couples come in fighting with each other, they wanna be reconciled. Well, Jesus did that at the cross. And that's our message. You've already been reconciled to God. Now you need to accept it. We think if Jesus died on the cross and and reconciled the world, that I've already been reconciled. No, he reconciled. Now the next thing goes on. Now you need to be reconciled to him. My favorite analogy is if you win the lottery, and it might be worth $120 million. And your, your numbers come up. You sit back in your chair and tell your family, I just won the lottery. I don't have to do anything. I'm gonna sit here, they're gonna put it right into my checking account. They say, no, no, you need to take your little card down there and verify that you won. No, 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 they'll just, no. If, if Jesus announced from the cross, the whole world won, you have to go and claim it. Yeah. And that's where he says, now you be reconciled to God. That's right, I love that. And many of us are still at war with God why don't you lay down your arms and yeah. surrender to him and let him rule and that would create peace with God through Jesus Christ. Let's take a short break. More about Theology Simplified with Bob Yandian after this. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. If you've been following the LGBTQ agenda, there is now a radical program to take away freedom from Christians like you. In fact, they're trying to pass an unconstitutional law now. It's misnamed as the Equality Act, but it's really inequality for Christians. And it punishes people like Jack Phillips, the baker who didn't want to participate in gay weddings, and florists and photographers. It also forces co-ed bathrooms on every business owner in America. You could lose your business if you don't let men into the ladies' restroom. It violates the privacy and safety of women, forces women to compete with men in their own sporting events. And finally, there are no religious exemptions. Even your church will be vulnerable. We want you to sign a petition against this today at PrayInJesusName.org. Click on PrayInJesusName.org. There's a row of petitions there. Look for the one called Equality. We will send it to Congress. Sign up today. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, I've been spending time in prayer and the Word, and for years I've been teaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how you can experience the power of God in your life 
for your own personal or prophetic ministry, just like they experienced in Acts chapter two in the Bible, when the apostles were all gathered in the upper room and the power of God descended upon them and they began to speak with other tongues. You know now up to 800 million Christians worldwide have experienced the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's for today, it's for you. And you can have this, or at least the teaching about it when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore at the top and you can get this new product for a suggested donation of $30. We'll mail it to you right away. Or you can call us at 866-Obey-God. Operators are standing by to pray with you or to order this powerful teaching series. Every mention in the New Testament of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about church history of speaking in tongues and great interviews with Lana Heitley and Charles Johnson. You need this product. It'll energize you. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. For a suggested donation of $30, you get this new DVD teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Call us today at 866-Obey-God. Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Uh, Pastor Bob Yandian has written an important book, Theology Simplified. I like that you make things simple uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to reading this book. Yeah, uh, there are three concepts here I want, and, and we could spend hours debating the merits of uh -huh. predestination, propitiation, and election. Those okay. are complicated theological issues, but you make them simple in Theology Simplified. Well, that's because theologians complicated. Bible doesn't complicate it at all. Uh, let's talk to about two of them because they're joined together. Election and predestination are so closely joined together. Election means that God chose you for salvation, but predestination means God has a plan for you after that. But both of them says this, it says, it says, uh, about, pre, it says about predestination, it said, whom the Lord did foreknow, them he did predestinate. And then you get to the book of Peter and the same thing is brought out about election. It says uh, election based on his foreknowledge. What it's simply saying is this, God didn't choose you because he flipped a coin and heads you won and tails you lose. He chose you because he saw you get saved. Before the foundation of the world, his foreknowledge looked ahead and said, Bob's gonna give his life to Jesus. Let's make a plan for him now. But the plan wasn't made before I made a choice. No, God saw me make a choice. It's all based on, let's take prophecy. Did, did God create, you know, does God create Antichrist? No, Satan did. But God saw him way in advance and made a plan and even announced it throughout the word of God what he's gonna do at that battle. The same thing is true with me. At five years old, I received Jesus. It didn't take God by surprise. He didn't turn to Jesus, said, what are we gonna do? Let's make a plan. He saw that before the foundation of the world so that he predestined me according to his foreknowledge. And it's like, to me, it's when a, a woman invites people over. I have lots of women in the church that say, how many are, are given to hospitality? And, and I say, so you throw a party and uh, you send out invitations, but how, many, how, how do you know how many people are actually gonna show up? Those four little letters at the bottom, RSVP. They let you know they're coming. But what if you were omniscient? You knew everything. You know who would say yes and who would say no. You knew exactly how many chairs to set down, the names of each one of them gonna come. Not that you made them come, you just knew what their choice would be. God knew from eternity past what my choice would be and then predestined a plan for me after that based on my choice to receive him. I like that and I agree. The Bible clearly says we are predestined, clearly says that God elects us, but some hyper-Calvinists out there take it one step further and they say, well, if God predestined you, then 
You don't have to do anything. You don't have to give your life to Jesus. There's no free will. Just wait around and, and eventually you, you'll get saved because God pre- preordained it. Mm-hmm. Is there a place where we have responsibility to do something? Let's name so many scriptures that say you receive him by faith that honestly there's no scriptures that tell what they're saying. Every scripture says that he's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance. For God so loved the entire world he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him believes should not, in him. Should so not we have perish. to do something. Oh yeah. Yeah. He asked us he did all the work. I like to say it this way. Jesus died for every sin ever committed except for one. If he'd have died for that one we'd automatically be saved. It's our choice to accept him or reject him. Your past, uh, any sin you've committed or ever will commit will not keep you out of heaven, just one thing. And in Revelation, the closing of the book, it says those names not found written in the book of life were cast in the lake of fire just because of one thing, you did not receive him in life. And your name wasn't written in the book. That's right. Uh, so how would someone, and I don't wanna put you know too much of this responsibility on God eventually making you saved against uh-huh. your will. But, but assuming that we do have some responsibility to repent and believe, how do you go about believing? What are you supposed to believe in? Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and, and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead. So that's, our, that's the essence of witnessing. Witnessing is not coming to a person about their sins because again, Jesus handled that. The message of reconciliation is that God sent Jesus to die for the sins of the world. It's all been accomplished, but there's only one thing right now that God's asking of you. Accept his son as your Lord and Savior. You get off the throne of your life and ask Jesus to sit on the throne of your life. The moment you turn your life over to him, that one sin is taken care of. and There's not a sin holding you away from heaven. Yeah, uh, that reminds me of my own story. When I was 18, I was a drunk, a womanizer. I was using coarse language. You don't look like it. I, I was not <laughs> saved. I, I didn't know Jesus. But I started going to these Pentecostal Bible studies, and they asked me a simple question Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And they quoted Romans 10 9. Mm-hmm. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Have you ever been saved, Gordon? And I, and I said, No, how do I do it? and they led me in something called the sinner's prayer. Can you explain that and maybe pray with somebody? Yeah, sure. It comes down to this, it's so simple. And that is God made the plan of simple, so simple the Bible says a fool couldn't miss it. And that's where often the world gets upset is because it's not a complicated thing of coming to church so often. How many prayers have you prayed? Have you been water baptized? Do you give your tithes in the church? All that should be result of salvation, not the means of salvation. The means of salvation is, you simply open up your heart and say, I'm gonna receive Jesus now as the Lord and Savior of my life. That's how simple it is. The Philippian jailer, after, after he had hung you know, uh, Paul and Silas up on a wall and all this, they finally came down and, and the place was shaken. The man was so scared, he asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? He wasn't even referring to salvation before God. He was gonna be taken in by the Roman military and probably disciplined and maybe even you know, lose his job or something for what he had done. He was scared. And they said to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. They went above anything man could do and said, how about your ultimate salvation? Believe on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He did that and then he went home and his family got saved and they were all water baptized that night. It came down to something so simple and that simplicity is that God reduced everything down to one thing. Here's Jesus, what are you gonna do with him? Yeah. And so that's it. So yeah, I'd gladly pray with the people it, here. And that's what I did on 13 December, 1986, I bowed my head and closed my eyes and I said a simple prayer. 
I said, I don't want to be my own boss anymore. Jesus, I want you to be the boss of my uh -huh. life. Take over my life. And I was born again and I was saved and it got rid of my sins and, and Jesus forgave me. Can you lead somebody in a prayer like that? Yes, I can. You want to do it? Yes, Let's please. Do it. Let's pray together. Let's, Father, I pray for all those watching right now. Out there, somebody has never accepted you as Lord and Savior. Maybe they think they're going to heaven because they've been so good. If we could go to heaven because we were good, why did Jesus have to come and die? It's because nothing we can do can get us into heaven. Only Jesus can, and God simply asks us to receive his plan. I ask right now that everyone that's watching examine themselves, and those who haven't received Jesus will right now pray this simple prayer. Father, I open up my heart. And I allow Jesus to sit on the throne of my life. I get off of the throne and allow him to get on the throne because I have messed up my whole life. And Father, I ask him right now to save me and to redeem me. And Father, I thank you that according to your word, it happened just then. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All I can say to you is welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family. Our guest has been Bob Yandian. His website, bobyandian.com. Make sure you get a copy of this important book, Theology Simplified, Theology Simplified. Let's take a short break and I'll have a word to conclude the show. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. How can you discern the thoughts in your own mind from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or from angels or from invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps. And you've seen us on this show talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe you know that I wrote my PhD dissertation entitled, How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. And it's all about this important topic of receiving the gift of discerning of spirits. How can you discern the thoughts that come to you? How do you know to learn to hear the voice of God and discern that from the demonic voice which tempts us to sin? Well, this is an important skill and it will change your ministry. It'll change your life, which is why we've created now, not just a book, but a 17 part video Bible study on a four disc DVD set that we would like to send to you and your church and your family and your small group. This important Bible study series goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus discern the spirits? How did the apostle Paul discern the spirits? What does the Old Testament say about demons and the Holy Spirit and angels? When you learn to discern, it will transform your life and your ministry. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource. Or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God, and for a suggested donation of $99, we'll give you the entire 17-part Bible study series for just $99. And if you order today, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. Get this important Bible study series for your family. Call today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Thank you for watching, and thank you for contributing when you visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate today. If you prayed with Bob Yandian during this show, we want you to call us right now for prayer at 866-Obey-God. It's free. Uh, if you call after hours, you can leave a message. Somebody will call you back. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God and say, you just prayed with that man on TV. 
We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. 